Welcome, everyone, to uh, our Baseball Rant podcast. I am one half of the uh, Baseball Rant, Jeff Himes, and I'm finally here with my co-host, Jeremy Kilgore. What's going on? Finally. And, finally. And uh, we've been talking about this for about two years. Um, we finally got it uh, set up. Jeremy's no longer sick. So um, we're here to talk baseball. You know, uh, a little bit about myself. I'm a uh, retired Grace College Lancer baseball player. And uh, I'm here just to talk baseball. You know, there's other other avenues that we could go, but we've chosen baseball because it's America's pastime and we love it. Um, and uh, I'm an opinionated guy. I love the Chicago Cubs, but I will try my best. And I feel like I, you can you can uh, add in on this. I don't think I'm Cubs biased a whole lot. No, you're more of a baseball purist. So. I and and I love it. I'm uh, more of a college baseball fan than most of the area i think as far as following it um i think more than me and uh so that's an avenue i think at some point we'll get into but right now there's a lot going on with baseball and um it's i don't think there's enough pure baseball talk i think you get guys like buster Olney and uh ken rosenthal that like to um talk about moves and stuff and i think we're going to try to be a little bit deeper than that um, I want to talk, I mean, of course, we're going to talk trades, but we're also going to talk um, players we like. We're going to have fun with it, too. And we're going to have some segments that um, we just straight pick each other's brain and, uh, and you know, go against the grain with some stuff. I'm waiting also to flip the table over when you and I start arguing. And I, I think we will. We, we've, we've been heated a few times before. We have. Mainly when you were, you were a player. So. Yep, and uh, Jeremy will get into that uh uh, here shortly, but like I said, you know, I've known Jeremy for going on 10 years now, and uh, yes, sir. we've uh, we've uh, grown up in, in uh, you know, our baseball maturity together, and um, so I think uh, I, I'm excited about this, man. We've talked about this for literally two years now. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've lived in my house a little over two years, and we talked about it one night out at, at CCAC. Yeah playing softball we were talking like yep. why don't we just talk this yeah we we both know baseball we both have a passion for baseball and so why not get into it a little more so jeff so a little bit of your background is you, you grew up playing yep uh i know that you have a fun story that we're going to dig into uh, another day another dollar on that story but uh one of your uh, little league experiences you struck out a major league player. oh i did i so. did i played against a major league player yep uh, i go glove major league player and i and we can get into something else too i played with uh the outlaw the platinum gold <laughs> the platinum glove winner <laughs> so um i played a while i mean i'm i was a uh, a high school baseball player here in warsaw indiana and went on to play at uh, grace college so um center fielder center fielder yep outfielder first baseman first baseman and uh, a time or two in college <laughs> Um, you played there out of necessity. You're not a first baseman. No, I'm, Sorry. I'm not. You're um, not the fastest center fielder. But not. one thing that we both can agree on, we're going to get into this in our show as well. We're going to get into our philosophies of baseball. And, sure. and it's not just, oh, I'm a guy that likes baseball. We both have some, some reasons why. Yep. But you were uh, not the fastest center fielder I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> right. But well, I, I, I don't think that mattered hardly at all when you played. Right. Because you got a great read on the ball. And sure. that is one of the most underrated things I think that people don't understand right. in playing outfield 
and that is why the infielders just can't go play outfield left and right. You right, know? and vice versa. Yeah, I've tried that. Yeah, so you know you're seeing it in Seattle now. They got a new center fielder. Yep. D. He's going to try to go out the center field. He's so fast he'll make up for it. But yeah. he's got to learn how to get the correct read on the ball from, and it, it, that's why that doesn't happen. It's not as easy as playing your little league or your high school that you can go and do that. Right. But Jeff, you were a leadoff hitter for three years. Four years, whatever it was. Top of the order, first, second, nine hole for a while. Not no. early on. Early as on. A, as a freshman, sophomore, that's okay. Though. Yep. At the college level, you'd rather have a guy that gets in there and hits last. Yep. Let him just get the at bats for the next two years. Sure. That's how you look at that. But sure. So that's kind of your baseball background. That, yep. So, you know, we're not just, we're qualifying for what we do here. So. Yep. Yep. Alrighty, so uh, Jeremy Kilgore here. We've talked enough about me. Let's hear about Jeremy Kilgore. You're darn pretty, though. No. Ah, uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, born in Dayton, Ohio. Raised in Dayton, Ohio. I played baseball from the time I was five years old. And one day in the backyard, I was about seven. I played infield, and I said, Dad, I want to play in college. That was my goal from the time I was seven, eight years old. And then one day, my dad became the assistant coach because he wanted to be involved. And I said, he brought the equipment home. I said, I want to be a catcher. I want to try it. Well, he goes, hey, you, you're not bad at that, actually. So we had, when I was nine years old, the two flamethrowers. Every little league has the two oh, guys. Yeah. Well, both of them were on the same team. Okay. So I went in, and I start catching the first game. And I'm like, oh, this is different. But from the time I was nine till I was retired at 23, I was catcher. Um, and one of the cool things, you know, growing up, we, we watched the Reds. I'm a Reds fan, you know. Sure. I went home in a Bengals outfit. The second day in the hospital, I wore a Reds outfit. Good. So, I, I grew up in a sports. So, bandwagon fan is what you're saying. Absolutely. I jumped on the bandwagon. <laughs> you know, in 1986, I jumped on the bandwagon. So, but I don't remember the, the, the heydays, the 90 Reds. I, sure. I go back and watch those kind of things. But the Reds are my team. Uh, I grew up, but my dad would go, all right, what pitch would you throw? And he would just sit and quiz me, and he really liked to do it, not in the beginning of the game, but in the seventh inning. Sure. Because he goes, well, third time through the order, guaranteed. So what what would you throw? Why? And so we just started playing like that, but it also created a baseball intelligence that I didn't understand at the time. Sure. And I don't think he understood at the time either. Right. It, it was just, hey, thinking ahead, thinking ahead. So, uh, yeah, I played three years of varsity baseball in Dayton, like I said. Uh, won a state championship. Won a... Uh, my summer league team, but it was little league. But it sure. was when you we were in high school, we won a state championship. Okay. Uh, my senior year, we got knocked out way early. Uh, just in my junior year, we were uh, final six, eight in the state, whatever it was. I don't remember how the brackets sure. were. But uh, played a lot of baseball. Uh, Grace as well, like you did, Jeff. Yeah. Um, and kind of went from I started as a freshman, threw my arm out, and. Uh, Ended up learning how to be a better teammate then, because I was cocky jerk. Sure. And sure. Uh, that's okay though. Uh, yeah. But um, it had changed my perspective, but it also relied by the time I was a senior, which was your freshman year. Yep. Um, you redshirted that year, but yep. we did, you know. But it, it taught me how to be a better teammate and how to lead by example. Sure. And I didn't, you know, I wasn't the go-to guy by any stretch. Right. But I was still there for the team, and so that's kind of an important thing in my yep. mind. So, yeah. but uh, went right into coaching. Natural fit as a catcher, 
uh, I, I thought that I brought some knowledge of how to do some things, you know, yep. how to set up some pitches you, later on. And I, not to cut you off there, no. but as you transitioned to a coach, you were you helped with the outfield. So yes. you and I worked pretty closely together. Uh, I hit you fly balls more times than I can count. Right. I wasn't good at hitting fly balls. I'm not a natural. There's an fly. art to it. There, there is, and I was a line drive, no power, <laughs> gap power guy. Sure. You know, I was, I was fast growing up. I was, you know, I led my high school team, blah blah blah. I ran a lot as a freshman and sure. sophomore grace, but then I, I kind of got a little thicker and, and heavier as I caught. My knees kind of started wearing out a little Naturally, bit. Naturally, yeah. Yeah, you know, just is what it is. And so, but uh, so I, I, I played outfield too as a freshman. Right. I played in high school. I played all but first base. And hit everywhere in the lineup a fifth. Right. Um, from the time I was a sophomore to a senior. Right. Um, so same type of feel in college. I played some second base. I played some left, right, a little bit of center when I was younger. Right. And then uh, I caught mainly from my sophomore year on. But that's kind of where my strength was. But it was I got to know the game in a lot of different perspectives. So I got sure. to play around and I got to work with the outfielders a lot. Right. So that was kind of a cool experience for sure. me. Sure. And. Uh, so yeah, uh, just stayed around, coached college games for then three or four years, and then I coached high school for a season. Sure. And uh, then I uh, decided to have kids. Right. So right. I, it was the money wasn't there for what I needed at the time. Right. And so uh, decided to uh, step away and enjoy right. enjoy life with the little ones a sure. little bit here. But and yeah. uh, I'm gonna have a, a soft, humble brag here. Uh, you go on being a good teammate. I'm actually sixth in hits all time at Grace, and it has done nothing more than your uh, good teammate. So I yeah. nothing to be ashamed about. Well, man. And we, we were, worked on your swing, and we'll get into that here in a sec, but we worked on your swing a lot when you were a sophomore. Right. So Jeff, going on the swing here, um, I was a very, like I said, line drive hitter. Right. That's the philosophy I take when I coach. Sure. Uh, you had a little bit of a longer swing, trying to hit it for a little more power than you you, you weren't built for. Uh, yeah, I shouldn't I shouldn't have no. I shouldn't. Um, have. But uh, that's high school coaching versus a college coaching sure. thing, and, and not just I'm not patting my own back or crediting. Right. But we worked on your swing a lot. Well, I mean, I think you can. One thing you can agree to. When I came in as a freshman, I was a very my um, my my uh, my stance was very loud. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of movement. I was very open. And then that subtly changed. Um, I think as as I got older, I could hit the ball the other way very well. I could handle middle to out very well. You could beat me middle in all day long. Any pitch you wanted, you were gonna get you were gonna get me out. Yeah. So and I think as you know, and I wasn't one of our big time offensive threats, but I think you know. I mean, you know how you got to be a tone tone setter you from know, the one hitter on. Right. And you know how MCC slash. What is now the Crossroads League? Yeah. Those coaches there know how to coach. Those teams are very good. Um, you know, there's there's always two or three ranked teams or receiving votes. So they do their research. They knew they could beat me middle in. And as I got older, I stopped swinging at that. I mean, you know. But I think one thing that helped me is I could hit I could hit the ball. Well, and one thing what we did with you, and this is something I did in high school. I went down in bat size. I went from a 33 to a 32 to cover the plate a little more. Right. I stepped so close to that box that I dared you to hit me in the knee. Right. And you changed your approach. It was very loud. I was very loud when I was a freshman right. too. And then I came because to it a looks prom. cool. I think that's what a lot of it is. Is it looks cool. That's not 100% it, though. For me, it was. <laughs> For me, it was a timing mechanism. Okay. As I swung my hands around yep. as yeah, a timing. Yeah, yeah. 
mm-hmm. and I, I rocked back and forth. I cut the rock, then I slowed the hands, and I changed how I did the hands, and then I went back and forth with the hands instead of all around. Sure. Um, just because in high school you got guys that can bring it upper 80s once sure. in a while, but you're, you're facing generally this area wherever. You're facing 85 and under. Right. In college, you're facing 80 and above. It, it, our, our level, you know, the NAI level, but even, you know, you're facing mid-80s mm-hmm. a lot. 82 is somebody sitting at 82 right. constantly, you know, mm-hmm. but you, you, we, I, I saw a couple guys that threw low to mid-90s. Right. I caught a guy that threw in mid-90s. Right. Or low 90s. I mean, right. and there are days that it hums, but we, we, we really worked on that, you know, approach to where you shorten your swing. Sure. You shorten and quiet it, mm-hmm. and you can go the other way. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of the background. So that's some of the things that are we're going to lead into with is this is why our philosophy is this way. Sure. I'm very uh, – I, uh, I love the sabermetrics of it. I, I read sabermetric mm-hmm. books. Sure. I don't quite understand the math. I get a lot of it, but I don't 100% agree with all of it too. But right. I'm sure that we're going to argue about that, but I don't care. I'm not going to sit back on a team and wait for a three-run bomb to happen all the time. Right. See, and that's how I am. I'm big on small ball because that's the player I was. Yeah, absolutely. I could bunt. I didn't mind getting hit. Um, and that's I live by getting hit. And that's why it. I say, man, like as a baseball fan, like like this year, I don't know if you saw it, ESPN through all of their apps and um, ESPN3, they're showing 800 college games. Yeah. That stuff gets me going. I think baseball at the college level is the purest form. My opinion, but okay. Um, so I, I'm talking Division One. I. I mean, you're not talking what we played. You're talking. I'm talking. You're talking the Florida States, the yep, Miamis. Yep. That yep. are constantly there. Texas. Yep. TCU. TCU. I mean, yep. some of these southern schools in TCU. By the way, I love their offseason programming. Yes. Yes. I, I get on there. Mm-hmm. I emailed the guy like, man, what what can you feed me? Oh, the, um, the yeah, the they had an outfield coach there. I'm not sure if he's still there. Um, that was there for a long time that we worked yep. with. Yeah. yeah, just feeding that. But that's kind of where our philosophy is. Is And the game changed a lot last year with the home runs in the major league level. Yep. And, and mainly we'll focus on the major league level. Yep. But we're going to yep. go into what we know as well. Sure. What we know around here yep. and what we know, what we've played in. But that's part of it too is how I look at it. Like Scott Rowland had a sweet swing because it was so short and compact in my mind. Mm-hmm. Very natural. Uh, Kinsler, love his swing. Okay, yeah. You know, guys like that. But today, Jeff, let's get into what we're going to do. We're first going to hammer this Mar- Mar- Miami Marlins. My goodness. The Brewers, we're going to hit the Central. We're going to talk Manfred and Wahoo, and uh, we'll call them the closer to finish it with some fun questions. I can't wait. I'm ready to go. All right, Jeff, let's go ahead and jump right into this. Okay. The dumpster fire that is the Miami Marlins. Where do we start with Mar- Marlins? I think that we're going to have to start with the ownership group. What? First off, Derek Jeter. He is not. He's just the face of the ownership group. Mm-hmm. But let's go into that a little bit more. Okay. So, um, like you said, I think I would start with the ownership, and I think you could even go as far back as with uh, Jeffrey Loria. I mean, a total mishandling of the organization. Um, as an expansion, they won a World Series in '96. Um, as as I remember very well, they they uh, were you part '97. '97, okay. excuse me. My they, favorite, second favorite player of all time was on that team. Who's that? 
Hutch, Rodriguez. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were also involved in the uh, Bartman series. Yep. So they had played some good ball. And then Loria sells sells the Miami Marlins to this buying group. Um, Bruce Sherman, who, if I still remember, lives in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um Part of the buying group, Jeter owns 4%. He's a non-controlling um, owner, but he's also the CEO. Michael Jordan's part of that ownership group, so it's a total group. I think I with, think they have a guy in Miami, too, that's a big back in the money. That's a uh, yeah. guy that we don't need to, Who cares? Sure. But, yeah, but Jordan and, and Jeter, like you said, CEO, that's, that's why he gets a lot of this blame. Yep, because I think they're smart with having Jeter there as far as knowing baseball and and being a familiar face but i think at the end of the day you can't blame all the the poor decisions all strictly on him i think you have yes to put, you can't no you can't because yeah. what about michael hill what about michael hill who's the director of baseball operations it starts with the ceo it's Derek jeter's fault this guy is running the organization whether you want to admit it or not he is running the organization <laughs> yes, but at the same time, you can't blame them for cutting payroll. You can't blame them. That contract they got rid of with Giancarlo Stanton, smart move. However, yes, it does look terrible that he traded him to the Yankees. But getting – He did exactly what Ken Griffey Jr. did when he wanted out of the Marlins and wanted to go to Cincinnati. He narrowed it down to where he wanted to play and had the power to do so. That's exactly what Giancarlo did. Right, but at the same time – how many how many teams can pay him that salary that contract that he had? About five or six could have, but he he knew where he wanted to go right now. Right, which we'll get on that later. But I, I, at the same time, with with how it's it's a dumpster fire. They traded uh, D Gordon. They've traded Christian Yelich now, which we'll get into later. Yep. Um, they obviously Giancarlo Stanton. The only names that I really recognize right now are Real Muto and. Um, Justin Bohr, Martin Prado, but Martin Prado's ancient in the game of baseball right now. Um, they got some some young guys, but right now this team does not want to win, in my opinion. Okay. They don't want to win. That's fair to say, but it's still Jeter's fault. I, I, I just can't agree. I think that there's more blame that can go on the ownership group and the director of operations, um, and I don't think you can solely blame Jeter by himself. Because he's not he's if they're in the war room at at Marlins Park, he's not the only one making that call to trade Giancarlo Stanton or trade D Gordon. It's not no, his. he he knew exactly what he was stepping into this with situation. Sorry, but he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew he was stepping into a team that had ran like crap, and he knew that he could put in the bare minimum money to go and run baseball or operations. Just because he was a solid player, he's not an amazing baseball player. He was a solid baseball player for a lot of years on the Yankees. Agreed. So he was in the biggest market team the, for you know Steinbrenner when he had these just amazing lineups. But he might also be the most overrated, and I'm not convinced that he has this, this wealth of baseball knowledge that everybody thinks. He was a very instinctual player that does not necessarily translate by any stretch. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe I'm not getting enough credit, but I think you're you're blaming too many people. It's Jeter's fault. I I just can't agree, man. I, I think, like I said, when when they're sitting down, l- let me ask you this, and we'll get we'll get into this in a second. But 
I got a, a good question for you. Hold All on right. a second. All right, let's hear it. Okay, Jeremy. So my question is to you: If you're saying that Jeter's uh, uh, the sole ownership of this dumpster fire, why did he make the decisions he made? Well, he saw what the Cubs did, and everybody thinks that they're going to be able to play what the Cubs did. They're not. This is not they, the Cubs, and I know they're your team. They have the best president of baseball operations. Yes, agreed. So let's throw that aside. Okay. That guy can fall. Yeah. You know, he can do what he wants. I don't care. He walks on water in Chicago. Yep. If that guy pays for a beer anywhere in Chicago, somebody needs punched in the face. But let me ask you this. Then. But the Marlins screwed up, and I'm going to stand by that. But they saw what the Cubs and Jeter thought, well, I'll do the same thing too. Yes, they were bare, and they got worse. Stupid trade after stupid trade. But still, that's why Jeter just had to flip completely start over. Right, but let me, like, let me ask you this then. And I don't know if you know this. You probably know this. Theo Epstein did not bring Anthony Rizzo over. That was Jed Hoyer. So it's a lot. So with the Cubs, yes, Theo Epstein does walk on water. But Jed Hoyer is the gets, should get just as much credit. So why are we? If so, that's my philosophy on why I think that Jeter is taking the brunt of this when it's more than just his decision because you can't pin the full success of the Cubs on Theo Epstein. I'm going to name you the three guys that I really think. They don't scare me, but they're three good baseball players. They're all-star caliber players. Romuto. Where's that guy's getting traded? He doesn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Agree I agree. disagree. I agree. The most underrated catcher in the game right now. I agree. The dude can play. Yep. Got a cannon of an arm. Yep. Can throw runners out. Can throw runners out. Hits well on base. His on base is the only thing that lacks. Mm-hmm. But he, he can hit. I mean, he's like a 280 hitter. Right. Um, Prada doesn't do squat for me. He doesn't scare me. No. He's ancient. Castro, solid player. He's going to probably hit third or fourth in that lineup. He is not a 3-4 hitter. If he's there. If he's there. If he's the there. The dude needs to trade it. Please, Jeter, do that guy a favor. Yep. He dealt with it with the Cubs. Yep. Get him out. Yep. Okay. Does he scare you, though, in the eighth or ninth inning? No. I can pitch no. around him. Yep. The only guy that is Bohr. Mm-hmm. And Bohr's probably not going to get traded because he's silent. Right. And people that are not baseball peers have no idea who Justin Bohr is. Right. The dude rakes. Rakes. And he's, you know, he's built like a, a brick crap house. Yes, he is. Big, he is huge. And from the left side. And, 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 and can such game quick yeah. hands. The dude, but he's the most, he's an underrated superstar, possibly. Absolutely is. And, and let's look at this. Their closer is Brad Ziegler. He's, I think, 900 years old. <laughs> Throws about... Is it, about, is it the mid-2000 Tigers right now? I, I mean, come on. I, this organization right now is a complete dumpster fire. Who's their number one pitcher off the top of your head? Guess. Um, Dan Straley. <laughs> the dude got designated for assignment. The Reds pick him up. And then they trade a top five minor league pitcher to the Reds in double-A going like 21-year-old for Dan Straley. I know. I, Adventure journeyman at best. I, They're a dumpster fire. And this is going to lead right into, you know, who's on deck here with the Brewers. Yep. Yellick. The dude can bowl. The Marlins have now went from the best outfield in baseball yep. to the absolute garbage worst. We didn't even talk about that they traded uh, Marcelo Zuna. No. 
I mean, that's it's it's and that gets brushed under the the rug. I know, and that it's it's insane, man. I think, like I said, I think that's a a, a relatively good market to be in, but they don't want to win. That that that's my my opinion. They don't want to win, and it, and I I want to give Jeter the benefit of the doubt, but right now it looks like he wants to make money, like like the mid two thousands Cubs. Yeah. But the only difference is people actually still went to the Cubs games with this roster and this. And Florida should not have professional baseball teams. It's no? minor league. It's minor league. That's a topic we'll we'll hammer another show. But I've been to Tampa Stadium. Yep. You've been to Tampa yep. Stadium. No, it's just Florida. Just give it up. Move the Marlins somewhere else. There are ten other places. Mm-hmm. North Dakota would do better. Uh, well, I think you're stretching that a little bit. Okay, but... maybe a little, but. Um, it's not supported the same, but let's let's start looking at the Brewers. Okay, and they made this big trade for Yellick, and that really kicked off their their off season. That's changing the NL Central. All right, Jeremy. Now let's uh, transition in, into um, a division that is catching everyone's eye. Let's talk about the small market Brewers that have proven that you know in the last couple weeks that they actually do want to win. Um, what's your take? What's your what's your thoughts behind them? I love what the Brewers are doing, and let me preference why I love it. The NL Central is a down division that everybody's trying to rebuild right now, except the Cubs. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals feel like they're close. I'm not buying the Cardinals yet. The Brewers smell blood in the water, and they went at it like a shark. And I love that thought process. The moves they've made, Kane and Yelich. I, I know that I screwed it up, but th- those are... Oh my goodness, amazing moves. Yeah. And both of those guys can hit leadoff. Yep. Both of those guys can hit second or third. Yep. Um, so I really like where they're going. They have got this team now that there are four, five, six guys in the lineup that go, I go, can beat me at any time. Mm-hmm. I mean, all but the catcher position can. Shaw at third base is going to hit sixth or seventh. I know. Uh um, but I think it sits with their pitching. I know Jimmy Nelson's coming off um, a shoulder surgery in September. Um, you know they have Davies at the top, probably at the uh, Suter. Yeah, they have Suter. They have uh, Gallardo now, who can who can hit for a pitcher. Pitchers <laughs> that can hit. Hashtag <laughs> hashtag pitchers that can hit. Um. So, but I'm gonna tra- I'm gonna transition you here. We'll get back to the pitching later. Um. Christian Yelich, a guy that I tried to tell you about for the last two years, you told me I was crazy. I did because he was garbage the one year. He was hurt half the season, you know, and I just didn't see it. From the left side, the dude can hit. He can feel. I think his defense is coming around. I think he's known more as a as a. He'll probably play right field for the Brewers, but the dude can hit. Yeah, the dude's proven that he can hit, and um, I thought I was blue in the face trying to tell you how good this dude was, and you just would not listen. No, I I thought that he was nothing. I thought this guy plays for the Marlins, just overrated. He's inflated because he plays for the Marlins, and then baseball classic. Wow. Yeah. I'm going. Yeah. I tweeted you at like midnight, one right. o'clock in the morning, and yeah. I go, Jeff, this guy can play. Yeah. I mean, stat line from last year. Uh, 282 average, 18 home runs, 
81 RBIs, 16, 16 stolen bases, excuse me, and his OPS is 807. With a lineup with Marcelo Zuna and Real Muto and Bohr and Carlo, Giancarlo Stanton, and he's hitting one or two. Yeah. You you were right. I was wrong. I imagine thank you. that. <laughs> thank you. That's all I needed you to say is that you were you right. Know, if I would tell right. you that once. You'd be in business, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. So the only thing I don't like about this lineup is Kane is not an on base guy. He's a hitter, but he's not an on base guy. Right. Can he be in the two hole with Thames backing him up in the three hole and Yelich lead off? But the projections I've read, though, are Kane going to lead off. I don't think Kane's your leadoff guy unless you're coming one through five, one through six. I'm coming to get you right now. I don't care about on base. I'm coming to hammer some gaps. Right, but I think you have to – I mean, you have Ryan Braun there. You have uh, – depending on who they have catch, uh, Shaw, like you said. And I think one guy that you um, can't forget about is Orlando Arcia. Um I like the dude. I think he's the next up-and-coming shortstop, my opinion. But I think we're – other than the pitching, I think Eric Sogard at second base could be an upgrade. VR had a down year last year. Except against the Reds. Except against the Reds. <laughs> he, if you take his stats against the Reds out, which you can't do, but right. you know, 17 games, whatever it is in your division, but you take 10 of those games out and his stats go from like a 250, 260 hitter, I think. But what so shocked like me? What shocked me last year is is of course they didn't know last year all this stuff was going to happen. But them, basically, what they put um, Scooter Jeanette as an assignment to go to the Reds. Yeah, designated him, and <laughs> if if he was in that lineup still, that scary, very scary. And the guy can play a little bit of outfield. They can yep. use that help last year. Yep. But they're the team that smelled blood in the water. They've got the money. They're going, and, and they paid Kane to be there a while. Yep. They didn't pay Kane to just do it one time. Right. So I think that's a big flip on this as well. Right. So, Jeff, continue with these brewers. There's there's a few rumors out there still. One, they're going after pitching still. Yep. They went after you. They didn't get you, so they right. made the trade, and they got Kane. So they went on the other end. But right. there's still some mid-tier to better pitchers out there with how people are looking at their teams. And Ryan Braun... Probably not traded, but there's still that rumor out there a little bit here and there that Braun could be moved. Yeah, and I, I think um, with that lineup, I think, you know, like we've talked about, you have now in that outfield, you have Ryan Braun, Lorenzo Cain, Christian Yelich, Keon Broxton. So that outfield, what the Brewers are going to start to realize is they're getting into that area of how the Cubs are. They have, yep. too, they have too many uh, talented players and, and not I'm enough pretty positions. sure Broxton, I believe, has a minor league option still that people okay. don't recognize. Sure, so. sure. And then they have uh, Hernan Perez. So, like we were talking earlier, I think if what scares me as a Cubs fan is if Arietta would end up in Milwaukee. I don't lose sleep that he's not going to pitch for the Cubs. I lose more sleep knowing that he's going to pitch against the Cubs, and if you watch any of the Cubs-Brewers games, I don't think the Cubs have beat the Brewers in the last 10 years. So that's what scares me is if they add um, – I, I don't know if I'll go as far as saying like a top tier, but if they would, if they would land um, – They could land two mid-tiers depending on money. I yeah, don't know their money yeah. situation, but if they landed two mid-tiers, I think that just goes, wow. Yep. Then you're going, they're going to trade a guy like Villar or, or somebody yep. Yep. for a bullpen help. And, I mean, if you look at their depth chart, they have four catchers on their on their depth chart. So they have uh, Pena, Vote, Susek, and Jet Bundy. 
I mean, one of those guys is gone. Yeah. One of those guys, yeah, they, they're going to move on. Why don't we move on to okay NL Central? Mm-hmm. This division is talked about because of the Brewers, obviously, right now. But this is a division. I am very clear in saying this: is there are one, two, two teams that might take it in my mind. I don't think the Cardinals can even take it right now. It is Brewers Cubs division. I think you know right now in twenty, the last 2016, 2015 through now, this division reminds me a lot of the early two thousands AL East. I mean, you've got you've got two really two solid teams at the top. Um, and so you're going almost more towards the mid two thousands, like two thousand three yeah. on. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then I think you're going to have those bottom feeders. I think Pittsburgh is going to be a bottom feeder. I think with with who they've moved with Garrett Cole and uh, Kutch, I think um, uh, Josh Harrison is a name that I've heard in trade rumors. I, Harrison won't be on that starting lineup, I bet. No, and I think the Reds will be at the bottom um, right now. You know, in two they're, years, they're who year, knows? Year, yep. They're a year or, or a player or two away, and yep. I know a lot more about that organization. Sure, health is a big problem for them. Sure. So, but yes, I agree with you. They are still not a dominant team right, right. now. Right, and then the way it looks on paper right now, I think it goes um, uh, Cardinals next. Yeah. Brewers running up, and I still think the Cubs are going to be the top of that division. Cubs need to get a pitcher, a pitcher, a starting pitcher. Doesn't have to be an Arietta, right. but it has to be a solid pitching option. You know, right now. And, and if that's through trade, if that's not through trade, right? And I'm going to throw you for a loop. I didn't prepare you for this. Okay. I think there's a trade to be made with Javi Baez. Um. Yeah. I think you know since he's come up, he's come a long way. I think he's still a free swinger. I think he does enough on defense. I think he packs enough punch at the plate. Um. But as far as him being traded, I. Let, let me put it to you this way. I don't think Ian Happ got enough um, time in the uh, postseason, and I think he would be a better fit. He would be almost like a Zobrist. But I think if you're going to trade any of those infielders, I hate to say it, Javi Baez is one. And, and, and uh, you know, he was ninth overall, and last year with the baseball classic and everything, everyone thought he was this defensive guru that just happened overnight, and it didn't. No. Not by any stretch, but he, solid defender can play three infield spots in the uh-huh. corner outfield in a pinch. He's yeah. not a great corner outfielder. I've seen him. Yeah, you know, no. he's not. But because he makes a quick, pretty tag at second, does not mean that you're some elite player. No. And I think that the offensive production is not there. He is so much of a free swinger, but somebody will bite on that. Somebody will bite on it, his potential because of his defense. And you can move him for a mid-tier to decent starting pitcher. Do it today if I'm the Cubs. So I think we actually agree on on maybe Javi Baez might be the piece to move. Yep. And that's okay. Um, I don't buy Baez. I've not bought him. Yes, he, he creates some excitement. He's a decent heads-up player. I still think he's the guy to move here. Uh, Addison Russell's name came up once or twice. I too, like Addie, man. Addie's I like Addison. Guy. I think... If his off-the-field issues are done or, or through, then you're fine. But I think we both agree Addison, Addison stays and, and you move on from Hoppy. Yep. But, Jeff, this is this is the, the, the three-hole hitter right now, and I know you're not happy with it. Chief Wahoo, 2018, get your apparel now because he's going away. Let me tell you what. We uh, talked about this via text last night, and – 
I, I have um, a hard time wrapping my head around it, and I'm not even an Indians fan. I'm, I'm not an Ohio native, um, but everything you read about Chief Wahoo's uh, banishment after this year is ludicrous. I think it's to everyone saying, I saw an ESPN article, I saw a Sports Illustrated article claiming that this logo is the, is the most racist logo in um, – uh, in sports right now, and I don't understand it. You know, it comes back and they say because it shows a red skin. If you look at anything historically, the natives called themselves redskins to uh, d- differentiate differentiate themselves from the white man. How is this? How is this racist? How is having? How is honoring um, a Native American tribe considered racist? Great question, and I don't have the answer. No, it frustrates me to my core that this world is so PC that it's moving into sports. Right. I don't care what you tweet as an athlete. Give me what their stats are. That's what I care about. And purist, not just baseball purist, sports purist, and I think that's starting the show again. Mm -hmm. But Chief Wahoo, he's a chief. Right. It's not like he's, you know, the beggar on the side of the road. Right. He's a chief. Right. I don't get it. I hate agreeing with you. I hate it. I know. To my core, I hate this right now. But... Can we stop being so PC and such big babies? He's a chief. Right. I yeah. hate it. I hate it. I am from Ohio. I played on a summer team called the Indians. Right. You played on a summer team here called the Indians. Yep. Yep. It, it's asinine. It really asinine. is. Because, like, um, like I'm a uh, Florida State uh, University fan. I follow their baseball team religiously and their football team. If you go down there to Tallahassee, those Seminole tribes, and they're still Seminole tribes, absolutely love that they're a mascot for a college. Love it. You know, they do the whole uh, Chief Osceola uh, spear. Spirit. Yeah. This whole idea of mascots being racist is ludicrous. It's erroneous. Uh, so when do we cut that? When do we cut Do we cut it with PETA? Because those people are nuts as it is. If you like PETA, don't listen. I don't care right, right. now. But... Do you cut it? The Tigers? That I don't know. The Cubs? I know. I, I mean, you could go. How many teams? The right. Bear? I mean, it's. I, I don't know. I, I don't really know the answer. All I know is the fact that it's being called racist for a a slang term, if you will, that the natives created, and it was never meant to be. Ra- it was a neutral thing stating that they were red skin. Can and you or, tell me what the river's name is there? The uh, Cuyahoga. River. Exactly. So the the fact that this is being blown up as to being racist, and, and I, I will say, like, Indians, for example, was a term that Christopher Columbus uh, deemed these natives because he thought they he were from in India. India. Yeah. So that one, I can see it a little more because it was something out of term, but still not racist in my opinion. The fact that they want, what are they going to go with? I've heard, like I was on, I was listening to a baseball fan podcast who said that he heard they're going to a feather. As long as it's a cool looking feather, the block C in my opinion is ugly. Uh, you have to do the C with the, the feather through it. Right. You have to. Right. And, uh, I mean, and I heard and the th- Tome, you know, we, you talked about Tome the other day, mm-hmm. but you have to, you have to do something cooler than and I heard just that. a block C. It's ugly. It looks like the Cubs C. Yep. And they're gonna keep the trademark, and they're still gonna sell Chief Chief uh, Wahoo's uh, uh, logo on hats and shirts. 
but Manfred said it's inappropriate for on to be on the field anymore. Asinine. Erroneous. <laughs> All right, Jeff. We understand that people could listen to us rant and probably turn it off after a while. So we're going to go with the call to the closer. Call to the closer! Give me the righty. <laughs> Bring him the heat here. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to do the, the Jake Taylor. I'm going to point to the fence. I'm going to bunt. Okay. And I'm going to give you the uh, call to the closer right now. It's going to be a more of a fun segment. We're going to do this every time. Sure. Uh, might be baseball related, might not. We, we don't know yet. Sure. We, we know that this is not our best product that will be out. We know that we're still a work in progress on a lot of this. But uh, with that said, the call to the closer to you is going to uh, be kind of our wrap-up of our show. Okay. So we, we each prepared a question for each other. Yep. So this is kind of a thought-provoking question. I'm going to let you ask first. Okay. So I can shut up eventually. Okay. So uh, my call to the closer for uh, Jeremy Kilgore is I'm going into the uh, fantasy baseball route. Okay. Okay. And you have number one pick in your league. Oh. Who are you taking? <sighs> Who am I taking? Man, there's guys I want to take. Sure. I, I want to be a Votto's my guy, you know. I'm all the sabermetrics kind of thing right now. I don't know if that's really the route to go. So, easy to say, I'm going Trout. Okay. Trout, I still think, is the best five-tool player in baseball right now. Okay. The guy can ball. He can play center field. And that's that's another organization we'll get into here in the next couple of weeks. The Angels have made a lot of changes yes, that they I have. really like to see. Yep. I think that they, they, they want to still try to compete right now. Yep. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take him. I'm gonna take Mike Trout, best okay. overall player. Harper would have been my number two actually. Okay. So so we're gonna flip it. Who who would you take and why? I think right now, I oh man, I, I being at the top, there's a lot of good players and my Cubs fans are, are, are going to disagree with me right here, but I think I go to a very flashy player, plays third base, wears purple, Nolan Arenado. Dude, uh, okay, I can't argue. Yeah, you can't, because the guy is a top 10 or 15 player in baseball, in my opinion, yep. right now. Um, uh, Rakes, I know in baseball you don't have quite the def depending on your league, you don't have a whole lot of defensive value there. Um, the dude can stroke. Um, I think I, I think if I have the only the only thing that makes Chris Bryant better is his base running. I don't know if many fans pay attention to that. I do. Chris Bryant's an awesome base runner. Yeah. I don't think Nolan Arenado's there quite yet. But if I have to go top to bottom, the dude I'm picking today, Nolan Arenado. All right, all right. So here's my question for you. Then I prepared my question. Your team is the Cubs. Yep. I'm the Reds, so we'll preference it that way. Okay. The most underrated player on your team right now, go. In a stacked in a stacked uh, uh, roster is the Cubs. I think one guy that I think is the most underrated is Albert Almora Jr. I think what? Albert Almora Jr. I know people. I've been saying this since he got drafted. Uh, Brent Easterday uh, got me turned on to him. It, the floor is yours because this is a garbage pick. The dude um, plays stellar defense, will win a gold glove before his time's over in, in, in Chicago. He'll win one in Chicago. Um, I, I, what don't you like about him? Tell me what you don't like about him. He can run well. He, he has a good arm. 
He he has a above average arm. I see a good arm. He covers decent amount of ground, not just running, you know, left and right. He's not, you know, D Gordon's going to fly out there. He's not uh, the kid for the Braves. I can't think of his name. He's in the minors coming up. Acuna? That, yeah. Yeah. Duke can fly. Billy Hamilton can fly. Okay, so last but year in 299 at-bats, Albert Almora had 89 hits, 298 average. 298 average, small sample size, small sample size, but if he gets the time that he deserves in center field or in, in any outfield position. John Jay can do the same job. John Jay's, no, <laughs> no, no, he cannot. All right, all right, so your argument is he can hit a little bit. My argument is he, he, he doesn't scare me in a lineup. He hits because he hits in front of a pitcher, or he hits ninth. I, I can't. I, I can't agree. I really cannot agree. Maybe a bigger sample size is needed. But the the play in the World Series, heads up, baseball players. That's what the Cubs do well right now. Do you remember the last outfielder that you disagreed on me with? Yeah, Yelich. Okay, all right, all right. we'll just we'll leave it there. All right, all right, all right. You win without more. Then. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Jeremy. Now it's my turn for uh, calling in the closer, right. and. Um, most underrated player on the Cincinnati Reds. Has to be right now, Eugenio Suarez. Okay. I hope I say his first name right, yep. but I believe that's right. Here's why. The dude plays gold glove standard third base last year as his first full year at being a third baseman. He was a shortstop before. He was an average shortstop. Good shortstop, but not great. He's a young guy. I think he's 25 or 26. Uh, he's going to be 26 this year. Okay. Last year, he had 26 bombs. Okay. A 367 on base and an OPS of 828. Okay. Not a, a uh, you know a guy that you're counting on as your three hitter. They got Vada though. Sure. But a 260 hitter that provides a lot of pop, decent amount of RBIs, and a 3.7 WAR last year. Okay. And a career 6.5 WAR. Okay. That's not bad at all. He is a solid defender and he he can drive in some runs. While striking out 147 times, absolutely. In 155 and 16, you're okay. I'm going to disagree with you. Okay. He's a, you claim that he's a Gold Glove third baseman. Last year at third base, in 153 games, he fielded 976, with a career fielding percentage at third base at 959. The dude's a highlight reel, though. He, <sighs> Jeremy. You know where the stupid thing about the guy, and he'll learn he's 25 last year. True. He he missed the ball right to him. But he goes and gets the ball. I mean, he makes – look up a highlight reel if you don't know who I'm talking about. Baseball okay. peers do. But yep. the dude can play. Had him on my fantasy last year, actually. He's not a, he's a <laughs> solid fantasy guy for yep. the pop. Yep. But it, nobody could get on base for him. Right. Um, but the dude can play a little bit. He and he's he's coming into his prime. Sure, I'll take a 270 hitter, 260, 270 and hitter. That'll go up. That'll go up. It will go up. And the strikeouts are his worst, but the dude makes some plays that you go, how how's he making? Huge upgrade over Todd Frazier. Yeah, huge I agree. upgrade. I agree. I on like that. Todd Frazier. I loved him to win the home run derby. Right. But uh, yeah, so that's my underrated play right now. I want to go with Tucker Barnhart, but the guy everybody knows who he is now. Yeah. So uh, I struck him out back in the day. Yeah, I knew we were gonna get to back it in my time. Back in your prime on the pitching mound. Oh but, yeah. But uh, yeah. So Eugenio Suarez. So. Uh, okay. But yeah, that's gonna wrap it up. We're gonna do uh, our call to the curve next. Okay. Um, which is just gonna be a fun segment. Okay. Uh, uh, it's not gonna necessarily be baseball every time. It's gonna be some personal, whatever. It's fun, but uh. 
you know, that that's episode one, and this was a lot of fun. And about time after two years we did I it. know. It's, it's been a blast, man, and I wish, I wish we could... Uh, you know, bring you guys more, but like Jeremy said, you know, other people have other things to do to listen to us rant about baseball. Well, but. and if we both didn't have full-time jobs, we'd do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. All right, Jeremy. Now it's my turn for uh, calling in the closer. Right. And um, most underrated player on the Cincinnati Reds. Has to be right now, Eugenio Suarez. Okay. I hope I say his first name right. Yep. But I believe that's right. Here's why. The dude plays gold glove standard third base last year. As his first full year at being a third baseman, he was a shortstop before. He was an average shortstop, good shortstop, but not great. He's a young guy. I think he's 25 or 26. Uh, He's going to be 26 this year. Okay. Last year, he had 26 bombs. Okay. A 367 on base and an OPS of 828. Okay. Not a a guy that you're counting on as your three-hitter that got Vada, though. Sure. But a 260-hitter. That provides a lot of pop, decent amount of RBIs, and a 3.7 WAR last year. Okay. And a career 6.5 WAR. Okay. That's not bad at all. He is a solid defender, and he he can drive in some runs while striking out 147 times. Absolutely. In 155 and 16, you're okay. I'm going to disagree with you. Okay. He's a, you claim that he's a gold glove third baseman. Last year at third base, in 153 games, he fielded 976, with a career fielding percentage at third base at 959. The dude's a highlight reel, though. He, <sighs> Jeremy! You know where the stupid thing about the guy, and he'll learn he's 25 last year. True. He, he missed the ball right to it. But he goes and gets the ball... I mean, he makes – look up a highlight reel if you don't know who I'm talking about. Baseball okay. purists do, but yep. the dude can play. Had him on my fantasy last year, actually. He's not a, he's a <laughs> solid fantasy guy for yep. the pop, yep. but it, nobody could get on base for him. Right. Um, but the dude can play a little bit, He and he's he's coming into his prime. Sure. I'll take a 270 hitter, 260, 270 and hitter. That'll go up. That'll go up. It will go up. And the strikeouts are his worst. But the dude makes some plays that you go, how how's he making? Huge upgrade over Todd Frazier. Yeah, I agree. Huge upgrade. I agree. I like that. Todd Frazier. I loved him to win the home run derby. Right. But uh, yeah, so that's my underrated play right now. I want to go with Tucker Barnhart, but the guy everybody knows who he is now. Yeah. So uh, I struck him out back in the day. Yeah, I knew we were gonna get to back him in my time. Back in your prime on the pitching mound. Oh but, yeah. But uh, yeah. So Johanio Suarez. So. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, that's going to wrap it up. We're going to do uh, our Call of the Curve next. Okay. Um, which is just going to be a fun segment. Okay. Uh, uh, it's not going to necessarily be baseball every time. It's going to be some personal, whatever. It's fun. But, uh, you know, that that's episode one, and this was a lot of fun. And about time after two years we did I know. It. It's, it's been a blast, man. And I wish, I wish we could... Uh... You know, bring you guys more, but like Jeremy said, you know, other people have other things to do to listen to us rant about baseball. Well, but... and if we both didn't have full-time jobs, we'd do it. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. So. All right, Jeff, this is our fun time. Not, yeah. Non-serious. This yeah. is, you know, my kids just are getting home. Oh, and, yeah. And you're getting a text, where are you kind of I feeling? know, man. So, uh, fun thing for me, baseball guys, we're, we're baseball guys through and through. Yep. Um. What do you do leading up to baseball season? Like spring training starts in just a couple weeks, like sure. two and a half weeks, yep. three weeks, whatever it is. Now I think it's two and a half. Right. 
What do you do? You do something fun to lead up to baseball season if you're a baseball guy. Um, one thing I do is I uh, like to participate in MLB The Show, and I like to pick someone. So that's you're a PS4 guy. I'm a PS4 guy through and through, and I like to pick a team that's not the Cubs. You know, it gives me knowledge, but it's also fun. You know, I like to pick, um, you know, a small market like an Oakland A's or like a Tampa Bay Rays and just see what I can do, you know, growing up and uh, uh, um, and try to grow them into a, a, wor- a world champion. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it doesn't work, but uh, it's fun, you know, because all of us think that, you know, we could be GMs. And I really think I could be a GM. So Workouts GMs. Yep. So um, I try my hand at... Uh, at uh, and I'll be the show franchise. Do you create a player while you do it? No, I have a road to the show player. Okay, so you leave it separate. I leave it separate. Okay, yep. all right. I just had to ask that. Yep. So. Yep. Uh, my my leading up thing is I start in February about every year, except last year my daughter was born in February. So you know there's some things that changed. Oh yeah. But uh, my fun thing is I watch a baseball movie at least once a week, every week leading up to the season. That's awesome. So. Um, my go-tos, my I think uh, my real go-to because I was a catcher and I love Bull Durham. It's hard not to love Bull Durham if you're a baseball fan. Costner just yep. great in it. Yep. Uh, for love of the game, he's great in it. You yep. know the the uh, uh, Field of Dreams. You know yep. he's a baseball guy. Yep. And uh, believe it or not, some behind the scenes, he actually hit a few bombs in batting practice during Bull Durham well, during think, the creating of that. I think. I know he went to Cal State Fullerton, and I yeah. don't know if he played. Or I don't not. believe he played. Okay. But, um, yeah, so I, I do the Sandlot, Little Big League, oh, yeah. Major League. Yep. Not not Moneyball. Are you a Moneyball fan? I like Moneyball. I, I like, like Moneyball, Ball. but it's not one that I feel like I have to watch leading up to the season. Okay. Because it, it's on TV a lot still. Sure. Fair. So I catch it about almost every time it's on TV. I feel like. But, sure. Uh, uh, for love of the game, sixty one. Yes, the most underrated yep. baseball movie, 100% of all time. Yep. Roger Maris movie, yeah. Yeah, Maris and Mantle. Yep. And just, you know, New York's too big for two stars kind of thing. Or two are, st- you a, are you a 42 fan? I love 42. I think it's a fantastically done movie yep. and, and makes you go, man, wow, the right. crap he dealt with. And right. Pee Wee Reese, it, people think that Pee Wee was all, you know, his buddy the whole time. No, but it, it changed his mind and you could see it. And I love it. But right. 42 is not one in it, but I normally kind of rotate that last week or so. But sure. About seven or eight weeks worth of movies. Sure. I watch one, but they're, they're about five or six go-tos I have to watch every year. Sure. So, just my fun, uh, that's what I do to lead up to the off-season. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, that's your, uh, you know, curtain call for the evening. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll have one, and it, like I said, won't be baseball every time. Yep. That's awesome, man. I, I really enjoy that. Um, so. I think that's our time today, guys, and I, uh, I appreciate you guys checking in and listening with us. Um, these will be up on Facebook, uh, Twitter. Uh, we are on uh, Apple iTunes under Baseball Rants by Two Opinionated Guys. Uh, the same title for uh, Google Play and Pocket Cast. So uh, check, us out, check us out on there. Review us. Uh, call in if you have the Anchor app. Let us know questions. If we like your question, we'll put it um, in our segments. Or tweet us with those two or, as well. We'll have the Twitter up. We'll have it all yep. running next week. So yep. uh, we, we want to make sure we do it right so we're not rushing into it. Yep. But, yep. My Twitter, at JHXLIV. At Kil- or Coach Kilgore 9. So, uh, yep, both of us have been on there, baseball guys. But uh, yep. for Jeff Himes, Jeff 44 Himes. Yep. For uh, Coach Kilgore. Coach Kilgore. Here. Yep. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. We'll be doing this every week. All right. Thanks, guys.